listening to Worst Show Ever. I'm your host, CJ Boyd. I am in Cincinnati, Ohio. We are at About Space. It's practice space. Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I think I met you here, Daisy. Is that true? Or I think maybe I met you once before. But I, I think we talked here. Of meeting you. I was about to go on tour with Molly Sullivan. We were practicing in this space. Not in this room, but mm-hmm. in this practice space. And... Uh, you were on your way out, and I can't remember. Were you guys a band yet? I don't think you were a band. No, yet. you might not have been a band yet. You were practicing for another band, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what band that was. Probably, Probably Bay Bridge. Bay Bridge, yeah. What was or that? Bay Bridge. Or it was really early when we were playing. Okay. We t- we talked here, but we actually met a long time before that. At Skull Alley, when a yeah, and this okay. is a good story because I worked there and I showed up to work and there was this guy in a like weird like pink purple tracksuit who was putting up flyers for massaging people that he massaged people okay. and he was walking around to mostly women and being like I'll give you a free massage and he didn't speak English super well and I was like whatever I get it like fucking weird but like he kind of had to be asked to leave because he was being fucking super weird and I think this was near the end of your, or the beginning of your of your tour Okay. and I remember you kind of just like being there and being like there maybe someone named Lauren or something who was in your you were playing with at the time you both were kind of like I think she may have been from Indiana oh yeah Lauren Ison and, yeah I remember you all kind of like watching this whole exchange of this dude being like, what's the problem? I'm just trying to get customers for my massage service. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of like this. watch the whole thing and you're like, that's that guy's shtick, huh? That's his, that's his thing. That's what he does. That's that's his whole little presentation. Like, that's, that's what that's he does. So weird. I don't remember this at all. It was, um, it was notably weird, but. I knew that I, I thought, I was pretty sure that I met you in Louisville, but I couldn't remember where. So now. That that feels But that was also super brief. Like number one, that happened, and then you all were really good that night. So I was like, okay, this dude's cool. This band's cool, and then I kept up with you. So yeah, it was less of a meeting and more of a weird thing. That was so good, Skull Alley. Weird thing that happened. Yeah, somewhere I worked ten years ago. And then you guys have been playing together for how long? About three years now. Three years. Yeah, going um, on three. And I. Uh, this oh yeah did I even say I'm with the band Lung did I I don't know if I said that. <laughs> that's important Kate and Daisy and it sounds like there might be a couple of stories so I'm excited part of why I want to talk to you guys is you guys tour a shit ton and that's awesome and I'm always stoked about um, bands that spend a lot of time on the road because there's no way you don't experience some shit uh, <laughs> if you're out on the road a oh lot. yeah yeah so it sounds like gonna do a couple of stories Kate you have something in mind. Yeah. Well, this is like a specific genre of bad shows where it's not like you got in a fight and someone broke their leg and like your van caught on fire. It's more like when you're really just kind of inappropriate in a setting. Yeah. So, so this story, this day, oh my gosh. Um, we were just coming out of like, we'd been on the road for about a month and we already were at that point where we kind of smelled bad and were slightly ornery and whatever. And I think we were coming, were we coming from Canada? Like, was that, we were coming from being like, like being chased by forest fires and smoke. Oh, Montana, this is slightly before that. Oh, is it before that? See, my memory's all jogged. But anyway, so we were playing about 100 shows in Montana, which was awesome. Like, Montana is like one of the most underrated, amazing states to play music in. Yeah. Well, the show was originally supposed to be at somewhere that was like appropriate and had rock shows and like something happened where they wanted to have the show at like 2 p.m. or something and the person doing the show didn't want to do that so he was like well there's no show and I was like well okay we're gonna find another show and the show we found was this show 
Yeah, so basically we were we were supposed to play somewhere else that was going to be like rock show late at night, awesome, and then but we were really we didn't really want to take a day off, and so we kept like trying and trying to find a show, and then like finally last minute, um, one of our buds was like, well, I mean you could play this coffee shop that sometimes has shows, and during like a cheesy rock festival that was happening in downtown as well. Yeah, and like, they were like, I mean, you the know, wallflowers or something. Wait, what yeah. town was this? Bozeman, Montana. Bozeman. Okay. They were like, you know, it might not be the best show, but uh, you, you'll get you'll get free coffee and like, I mean, we were definitely given a heads up about it, but it was so funny. We we showed up and there's like this big music festival going on down the street and everybody's like, rocking out to it and it's like kind of, country and like rock and like country rock sh- stuff. And we were not country rock at all, and we're not Trumpy at all. Not that that was all Trumpy, but it was definitely more like, it seemed like that to me. Did you say the Wallflowers were playing? N- were they playing? It was like someone like that, and then it was someone like New Country, and then it was some other stuff. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, it was Third like... Third Eye Blind or something like that. Too. Like, <laughs> really just like regular... Stacy's Mob Band or something. Regular music. <laughs> I, think it was just, I think it was actually Fountains of Wayne, though. Yeah, and then we um, we roll up and all that music is going on around us and we're at this small, like, very much, like, not a hippie coffee shop, not an indie coffee shop, like, a, like just a, like, you go in <laughs> and there's, like, the baristas and they don't really want to be there, but, like, they're there, but they're not, like, the indie baristas who don't want to be there, they're, like, I don't know, just, like, just people doing their job, regular folks, whatever. And I could already tell when we, like, walked in that they, like, weren't going to dig what we do at all, you know. Um, but they they were really nice. They, they gave us free cups of coffee. We got, like, free cappuccinos. That was exciting. But <laughs> but so we show up and we start loading in. And, and the, the one of the people, the person who was doing sound and setting up the PA was like, yeah, you know, I mean, we're going to have to be pretty quiet because, um coffee shop we look around there's people studying on their laptops and there's books out and it's like oh crap we're like at a college coffee shop where people are trying to like learn and do math or whatever you do in college i don't know i don't didn't do that really (laughs) um but anyway so we like load in all our stuff we're like loading in two base amps into this tiny little like front window of this regular coffee shop that doesn't want us to be there. And, and as we're loading in gear, like, you can see, like, looks of horror on the barista's face. Like, what is, what's about to happen? Like, like I don't know. Anyway, and then the, what happened before, after the, the band that played right before us was this, like, folk artist who was really good. I mean, he was, he was cool, but he was, like, we were just totally different genres. He was way appropriate for it, you know? Right, right. Like, what you'd expect, like, an acoustic guitar playing, like happy folk music at a acceptable volume for everyone to read and study <laughs> everyone was fine and then we played and it wasn't appropriate or fine it was not appropriate or fine <clears throat> we, we started setting up and like you could see some people already like sh- quietly shutting their laptops yeah. and shuffling out the door and we turned all of our volume, like, as, as, as low as it possibly could be, 
but it was still too loud. And then yeah, I mean, I can yeah. only imagine. I mean, I guess for listeners who don't know, like Lung is a cello, like electric cello and drum duo, and like Daisy, you're drumming. I can't. I don't know if you have played quiet or if that's a thing that you. Can I've do. literally had like it's a science experiment every time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very very loud. Like in that context, I think I put a book on one drum and a wallet on another drum, plus like a shirt or something, and like was trying to play extremely quietly right. but it sounded you know stupid but still people like slamming their laptops and walking out and it's just it was just like literally no everyone was just like because it's one thing if people just hate you like that's kind of fun like i played a couple shows where it's obvious it's like n- not only do they not like you they like actively are like fuck this yeah and which it's where they're just like oh, like like you're a weird inconvenience yeah yeah that sucks like, like we screwed like, up oh. someone's day like they're like like i want to buy a cup of coffee and get my paper done and then it's like oh crap man like this band is loud and they're screaming and what what's going on i'm kind of embarrassed to say this but i've i've also been that person i've been on that side of yeah many times like a lot of times on the road i mean i do almost all of my booking from coffee shops yeah and there's times when like i've had like five shows in a row and then this is my day off and i have to get a lot of work done and then i don't want to be a dick but if i go into a coffee shop and then there's some like open mic going. I mean, this actually yeah. happened to me. Where was I? Just this week. Like I was in. I can't remember what town I was in now, but uh, I was in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And there's there's like one coffee shop that op- that stays open till pretty late. I think like midnight or something. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch of work to do, so I like went in, bought a zucchini walnut bread. Yes. And then was like, cool. I bought a thing. Now I'm okay to be here for five hours and just get a bunch of work done and then like half hour later this dude comes up to me and i've got my ear my uh headphones in and he's like hey man would you mind moving to that table i have to put the soundboard on here and i was, oh, like, no. I was like damn it i hate to be the musician who's like dreading music but i was yep. my immediate response was like god damn it i yep. bought a i bought a zucchini ball of bread yeah that was, that was my admission for this place yeah for like the next then you gotta hours. like turn on the the white noise yeah playlist yeah, exactly, really loudly exactly and just like <laughs> or like take your computer into the bathroom <laughs> like you're yeah, that guy so in the I, stall i just went to the back like as far in the back as i could yeah and then i was that guy on his laptop while everybody else is there to like support their friends at an open mic i mean at least there were people there to support their friends totally. like at an open mic at, i mean you know that's cool. Well, and you know, it's open mic vibe, so it's like most of the people are there to play, and then they'll hang out And then they'll hang out and other. listen. But, but it's a small enough town. Columbus is not a huge town, so like, people know each other. It was yeah. clear that like, everybody on stage had friends who were either there also to play, or who were there to like, you know, cheer them on, or yeah. whatever. Well, and at least in that situation, the coffee shop is like, benefiting from it, because all the open mic people come, and they like, yeah. get their coffee and hang out, and their friends, totally. they become to support, versus like, this, which was like... Right. No Very one wanted us to be there, and like we drew absolutely no one in right. freaking Montana. So we've never played there before. You probably, some people you're saying left. Oh, people, the, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> everybody <laughs> left. Every, you know, we the, drew a negative. Everybody there left. Like during the set, there was like, firstly, like I kind of felt like after the first song, like being like, "Hey guys, we're sorry. Like yeah. sorry to be here. Like we're gonna make this as quick and painless as possible." Like. I know you're trying to oh, do your thing, and we're trying to do our thing, too, but this is not okay. Sorry, man. Uh, but anyway, like, 
I think the the most clear memory I had of that show was like there was this cute family that walked in during during our our I'm Afraid of Americans cover and the mom just looked horrified and she's covered her little blonde child five-year-old ears and we weren't even loud but I think it was like just scary music what's going on you know and and they like kind of got in got in and out of there as quick as humanly possible I'm like I'm sorry man I'm sorry (laughs) ruining your little blonde child's day but she looked the little blonde kid looked kind of interested I think she was a little bit like "Ooh, maybe I want to rock out someday yeah so that was cool but but yeah they that was like Everyone could not get out of that coffee shop fast enough. And, like, by the end of it, it was, like, us playing for the folk artist who who played first. Yeah. And afterwards, he's like, that was really great, man. You all were really great. And it's like, nobody else is. Right. Nobody is there. And we've anyone who is there are, like, the pissed off baristas because we chased off their business. And, right. Well, he's the one person who doesn't have another motive, right? He's actually just there to... Play music and yeah, music. I don't think he really liked or got okay. us either. I think he was just being nice, <laughs> I think you know. Just felt bad. Yeah. I think he's like, it's cool that you guys are out on the road playing shows like this every day. I mean, good, good for you. Yeah. Like, like, they're not all like this, man. I mean, right now it feels like it, but they're not all like this. I mean, two things about this show that are notable is that like the person who set it up was kind of like, yeah, don't, don't come here, don't, don't bother. And they were really cool. And afterwards, because they had stuff to do during during the day like most people do but they uh they were like hey you want to crash at our house so like the big silver lining to the show is afterwards got some really good overpriced actually it was just okay i got some okay overpriced mexican food across the street and then we had a place to crash right and that was amazing and so you know so you know yeah, the Sometimes person was really cool, goes. and I think also they were, like, kind of tried to warn us and, like, did their best, so I kind of even feel bad talking this much shit about the show, but I think they'd agree that it was, we were not appropriate. Well, it was just more funny than anything, you know? It's interesting, though, like, I don't know, I, with with bad shows, too, I've been thinking more and more about, because I, I now doing this show and asking people all the time, I start thinking, what what things do we learn from... You know, I I feel like when I first started touring, I was way more inclined to just like find any show at any time. And as time has gone on, I feel like it's totally fine to have a night off. Like, yes, I can just have a night off sometimes and not and not every show has to happen if it's going to be terrible. But I feel like I didn't know that going into it. I feel like early on, I, I remember being in bands or even with solo where I was like, Okay, well, this place will let us play. It doesn't seem like they're into it, but they'll let us play. <laughs> Bring the amps and turn up. <laughs> yeah, and and now I feel like, oh, that's fine. I'll just not, I'll just not play. I'll just do something else. I've got plenty of other things to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think part of it is the longer you tour, you like. At first, there's this sort of like panic of like, what do I do in this strange place? And now it's just like. You go sit somewhere, it's fine. Like, you're going to yeah. live. Hang out in a yeah. parking lot and enjoy your life, you know? Well, do you guys mostly, will you, do you book from the road? Or do you mostly, like, do a bunch of tour, like, a bunch of booking and then tour and then book book and then tour? Like, kind of all at once. I mean, like, okay. I'll book for, I mean, I just book from the phone Okay. all the time. I don't bring out a laptop because, you know, people like to steal those, which is, you know, is what it is. Are you saying you don't tour with a laptop? No. Okay. I 
prefer not to, just for, you know, so it doesn't get stolen reasons. Right. Um, you have to fight me for the phone, so I'm not buying Right. There's a laptop. I'm not going to walk around with a laptop. So if no laptop in your pocket. Right. If anybody breaks in the van, they're going to be very disappointing because we have, like, garbage and, like, instruments you can't even sell on Craigslist. Like, we, we love when they call... Modified cello and, like, broken yeah. drums pulled from the trash. The van like, is called Trash Van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loving name. Oh, uh, man. Um, did, you, did you think of something you want to tell? That Halloween show is pretty funny. And again, I want to stress oh, that the person yeah. who set this up, we really like. And this was kind of like a them trying to put something in their last minute, which was cool. But we played in a coffee shop, or donut shop, I'm sorry, in a Obispo. Central California. Obispo. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I'm really, really geographically challenged. San, San Luis Obispo. Obispo. That one, yeah. yeah. Obispo. Do we want to edit that out? No, it's fine. <laughs> No, keep that. Keep that in, please. Please keep that in. <laughs> um, Wait, it's a donut shop. I'm trying. I'm, I'm actually from like 20 minutes from there. It's newer. It was new. Okay. It was in the last five years. It's called shop. Slow Doco or the, the oh. Slow Donut Company. Yeah, yeah. Nutella donuts. Whoa. Donuts are great, but I mean, it was literally like a bunch of people studying on Halloween night. It's like it seemed like where everyone who didn't want to do Halloween was at right. to like get some shit done. Okay. And we were there to ruin it for him. And we, it was like, there was maybe another band and us. And it's Halloween, so we dressed up as the White Stripes. And we were going to play some White Stripes songs. But and we I, chickened out. <laughs> I forgot how to, like, we were going to play the one that's like, do, 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 do. Yeah. But I, I forgot it. And Daisy's like playing the drums. He's like, get, he's like doing that riff. And he's like, come on, do it. I'm like, I just can't remember this really simple song. Like, so we look kind of dumb to start things off too like <laughs> Daisy's like starting the white stripes thing and I'm like not able to I'm like Jack White it's dropping the ball like can't can't play the riff but yeah similar things were like I, mean, uh, were, I don't think there was much of anybody there to see the show and those who were there were trying to study or something so they're like laptops closing like headphones coming down like walking out it's like <laughs> there were a lot I think at that one the big difference between that and the other coffee shop was like there were some troopers man there were some people there for the entire show and that was a louder show, just on their laptops with headphones and listening to different music or white noise, whatever, who, like, made it through the entire Halloween show. Right. And, like, were there even after we all loaded out. Like, they had to get their stuff done, and they were going to eat their donuts and have their coffee and live their life. And, like, it was okay <laughs> that we were there. They just didn't want us to be there, but, like, they knew we were going to leave eventually, so they stuck it out. <laughs> St. Louis Obispo is a little more mellow, too, than Bozeman in general. Like, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's mellow. They're like, oh, okay, this is happening. All right. Well, I've played a number of shows in in San Luis Obispo at Linnea's Cafe, and it's a similar vibe where I've had awesome shows there where everyone's there to see the music, but it is a coffee shop, and it just depends on if it's promoted well. Yeah. And other times it's not, and everybody's there just to do the coffee shop thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's and you just like, well, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my that's my story. We dressed up like the White Stripes and irritated a bunch of Cal Poly students. Yeah. But got free donuts. Two free donuts each. They were good. There's a, there's a theme between these two stories. Free donuts and free coffee. <laughs> we got some free food. And then I'm assuming in both situations you didn't get paid. Oh, no. Um, no, we did. Did I think, we? 
Not at the coffee shop. I mean, nothing crazy. No, we did. We got, like, there was, like, a little bit of money. Oh, yeah, I think there was a donation. Oh, yeah, there was a donation bowl, and then the... I think you put a sign on there that said, put money in this band to make this band stop. Or put the money in this fishbowl to make this band stop. (laughs) Yeah, it was one of those things where it was, like, pity money. It was, like, not because anyone liked it. They just felt really bad for us. They're like, oh, they're from Ohio. What are they doing here? Like, at this coffee shop playing. Get them out of town. They must be really sad. Get Get them to the county line. Yeah, get them out of here. That's funny though. I I've definitely been in situations where, and I I sort of hate playing for tips anyway, but if nobody like, I mean, yeah, there's situations where if nobody's there to see the show, nobody's gonna put money in the jar, and you're just like, okay, I'm just I'm just gonna play and hope that you do, but you're not going to. And we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think honestly that might have been like. I don't know for sure, but maybe the sound, the person doing sound, I think, liked us and felt really bad for us. Because I think they toured a lot, too, and were like, oh, man, like, this is just sad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that dude who was, again, a pretty cool dude who was both approached the situation with humility and grace. I'm pretty sure that dude probably snuck in like the 13 bucks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Which makes you feel even worse because it's like, God damn it. Because like, like, I've been that at the loon before and there's like no money from the bar or whatever. I'm just like, whatever. And like throw in like 20, 30 dollars of tips just to like help out the try, band. Yeah. Touring. Like try to get it up to like a humane, bare bones like amount. Double of money. Digit. Like $40, yeah. $30 for. I try to aim for 50 even if there's like nobody there. You know, I try, but I mean, there's also nights where I don't even make 50, so it's kind of like... Right. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, you book when you book shows, and then obviously you can't always afford to bankroll somebody else's tour. Or so. Wish I could, but I'm not rich. Well, when this band blows the fuck up... Ha ha ha. And you're rich. Then we're going to play all the coffee shops, and we're going to get so many donations. <laughs> we're going to do a coffee shop-only tour of normal coffee shops, and but people are going to... All the weirdos are going to come out and... We're going to call it the Latte Tour. The Latte Tour. The Latte and Laptop Tour. <laughs> <laughs> latte and Laptops. It's funny, though. We were talking earlier about when, I mean, I forget how this came up, but early days. Oh, we were talking about phone calls. Kate and I yeah. to, to phone calls. And, uh, yeah, I was thinking about early days of touring, like before Facebook or MySpace or any of that, and how, yeah, I, I played... I played a lot of coffee shops. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a lot quieter than you guys as well. Uh, and at that time, especially, I was a lot quieter. Um, it was before I got an Ebo or anything that was could be, like, really loud. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's that was my first idea of touring. Before I knew, before I had any idea of, like, what it meant to book a tour, I would mm-hmm. literally call coffee shops, sometimes bars, but mostly coffee shops, and just say, hey, can I play there? And it would be like, I, I guess. Yeah, if you want to, man. <laughs> I mean, there's like a corner. We don't have a stage necessarily, but like there's a place where you could set up, I guess. We might give you a bagel, <clears throat> maybe. Yeah, it was. Probably not, probably just. And I didn't have any concept, so I just was like, yeah, I want to travel. And this place said I can play there. So I would call places <clears throat> from the road. Uh, I didn't have a cell phone. Um, I would just like call from like friends phones or <laughs> uh, pay phones and just go sometimes even look in the phone book 
for like coffee shops in a town like if I was already there I'd look at the phone book but otherwise it was like based word of mouth like I had a friend I'd be like in Denver on my way to Chicago and I'd call a friend in Chicago and be like hey are there any coffee shops there that are cool and then I would just call those places yeah yeah it was it was um it was really hard yeah. <laughs> and disheartening. Coffee shops are rough. And expensive. Yeah. And expensive. And it was, I, at that time, I mean, this was like, what, when did I start? Maybe like 2001 or 2002. And I didn't have any expectation of making any money. Oh, yeah. I just, I was more like, I was going to do a road trip, going to travel, and I'll see if I can play some places on the mm-hmm. way. That would be cool. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Yeah. I think the first time I tried to book a tour was in the summer of 2001. Okay. And the first time I actually successfully went on a tour I booked myself was the summer of 2005. Okay. <laughs> so it took, I mean, I was also like 16, so it took a little while to like. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, there was definitely a lot more buy-in and a lot more like. 2005, I want to say, is the year that MySpace came out. And I don't know if it was this for you, but that, that was a game changer for me. That, it that was you could actually look for bands in a town that you wanted to go to have find bands that you wanted to play with see if they wanted to play with you and then book a show with them that that made a huge difference for me I remember I remember being skeptical about the whole social media thing and then realizing oh this has a very sweet application for music um, and immediately just Especially, I loved MySpace had a search function where you could just, you could search folks like bands by who they said that they sound like mm-hmm. or who they are influenced by. Cool. And so I would just put in something like Philip Glass or like Godspeed You Black Emperor or some something I was into, and then just that would just like cut it down, you know, and be like, cool. If there's some band in Salt Lake City that puts Philip Glass as an influence, then. I probably want to hear that band. Totally. And then just at least, and then you can listen to them right there. I love that. I And I discovered, I have friends, I'm, that one I'm thinking of a specific band called Theta Knot, who like, that's how I met them and I'm still friends with them. That's awesome. Day. Yeah. It was good times. MySpace days. MySpace days. That definitely made it a lot easier. Yeah, I remember, I think the first tour I booked was still all old school, like phone and email kind of business. Yeah. And not too long after that, yeah, like, Although you'd end up meeting some weird people. Oh, sure. I mean, you always do. I mean, yeah. what would touring be without the weird people? Right. Or um, the weird people. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, y'all. Oh, I just thought of another horrible place to play is sports bars. Sports bars are bad. We played a sports bar. Okay, they were like, it was a sports bar. I don't remember where, but I remember it was like just kind of not really... It was off the beaten path or whatever. Tell about Fort Lauderdale. No, yeah, maybe the Moose, something Moose. Moose. We played a sports bar where they didn't usually have music, but once a week they were trying to like have culture in quotes, <laughs> right. like come into their sports bar and culture play. Besides football. Yeah. Okay. But they had a great football crowd, so they should have just <laughs> stuck with that. So anyways, we like showed up and brought our own PA, and they wanted us to play for like two oh. hours straight, which like with our music, we usually yeah, play 30 minutes, and we had two hours of music, 
But, like, you don't necessarily want to hear two hours of angry, loud, relentless, aggressive fucking cello music. Like, that. I don't want to hear that. Like, that sounds horrible. It sounds like I would want to cry or, like, go just go to the bathroom and cry, you know? Anyway, we, like, showed up. We brought our own PA, which was not really a PA. It was, like, amps all, like, jangled together. And then, and then we, like, played for an hour and nobody left they just watched this it was like we were playing to a bar filled with people staring at the sports screen right and so sometimes people go yeah but it wasn't because of us (laughs) it was because there was a goal that was made in the team or a game or something yeah it was a pretty weird show that was bad but i mean that was weird too because we like oddly got treated really well by the bar like they like hooked us up and they're like thanks for coming but but yeah it was everybody was their eyes were glued to the game and we yeah yeah any place that has tvs on during the show it's always unfortunate wow yeah a a show i played my friend chelsea she's been called um minor birds and we played a sweet little pizza place in Hanford, California, where it's not a sports bar. It's, I mean, it's a pizza joint. And so, like, you yeah. go into it knowing it's a pizza joint. It's not, it's in a tiny little town, like, out near, like, Fresno and Bakersfield out there. Like, it's, um, expectations are low. But the dude who ran it, who ran the music series there, was the sweetest guy. Just, like, solid. Just wanted to bring some music into this tiny little town. And it was super sweet. But I remember there was like a boxing match on, and same thing, except they had TVs on, it was like there was a TV on either side of the room, and one was sort of like almost above the musicians, and then the other one was on the, on the other side of the room. Oh no. And at some point, I think people decided that it was rude to be like watching the boxing right in front so they went to the back which was maybe worse because then yeah. there's all these there's like a handful of people that are actually watching the band and then there's all these folks in the back and they're still yeah like you're saying like vocally responding to what's happening on the screen yeah like, I mean oh come on oh yeah and you're what like the fuck especially with you like you're maybe in like a quiet passage well, of like and I lucked out because I for whatever reason it changed and whatever I don't know what was on the TV while I was playing, I didn't actually notice it. It was v- it was people, VH1 behind the music. Yeah, they just weren't. People weren't responding to it. I was totally unaware that it was on. But then during Chelsea's set, there's a group of people that came in to watch the fight. I think it. I, I'm not positive. I think it was a boxing match. People were there for that, and so her set totally got sabotaged. And oh yeah. And she's amazing. She's a, she's awesome, and you know her music was great. But it, she was clearly self conscious about it, just going like. <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> like yeah. you know, I wish there wasn't this other thing going on in the back of the room that's clearly like more important than what's happening in the front of the room yeah, um, yeah two different worlds yeah though so I wonder your guys experience this because I mean I mean I play solo bass that's an unusual thing you guys play it's like cello cello and drums rock. yeah and I imagine there's also times when you play in a place where what you do is not expected at all and so somebody gets their mind blown and they're like what the fuck this this is a thing <laughs> i didn't know this was a thing we weren't we normally have like third eye of blind cover bands in here and 
you guys are something extraordinary. I mean, I'm guessing that happens sometimes. That sometimes happens. A little bit. I mean, I don't know. People don't... Usually they're not like, my mind is blown! Okay. But they, like, people are... I think some people dig and connect with what we do. Yeah. And, like, sometimes it is surprising. Like, we played in Grand... I can't remember where it was, but it was somewhere else in Montana, I think. And we ended up having a... It was, like, a small cowboy bar. Great Falls? Yes. No. I'm not... It wasn't Great Falls, because it wasn't... It was when I met those two people who kept buying Fireball. That's in South Dakota, not North Dakota. Oh, okay. Not Montana. South Dakota. Gotcha. I'm wrong. Here. Here. Yeah, we we played at this like small cowboy bar and like some people really dug it who I, I did not think were gonna dig it was, at all because there was like cowboys and there was people who were like it felt like a half cowboy half it didn't feel like a gay bar but it felt like the bar where like you could be gay and it was cool in that town oh okay which like is probably passes for the gay bar of Pierre South Dakota <laughs> I guess but I get I it was that was a weird bar yeah I don't know it didn't feel super didn't you thought it was a gay bar. I didn't just say gay bar. I said the bar where you could be gay and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I would not go as far as gay bar. No, but it definitely, definitely seemed like not. the the most like melting potty kind of you know anything goes sort of bar. But still, we were a little bit out there for them. And there, yeah, there were some <clears throat> some older some folks fans. who were really really awesome and like it, I don't think sh- they were really awesome. They they got they. What was her cheer that she kept saying? Oh, she had a really great cheer afterwards. She's like, Here, cheer, here's to you and here's to me. And if we ever disagree, fuck you, here's to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then she had another one that was like, A cloud has kissed the glass. Uh, I look at all the lilies pass. And if we ever separate, I wish that you would kiss my ass or something like that. She was filled with lots of cheers and she was very into Fireball. And she was one of those people where like, I'm tr- lately I've been like trying not to drink much on tour because it just makes it easier. But some people like like her, like you can't say no to like a hardcore Midwesterner who's like, I bought you Fireball and we're going to drink it. And you're like, okay, dude, all right. And so, you know, that made for a really awesome evening. Like we ended up in some person's apartment like way above the above the bar like just drinking fireball and then there was more fireball and then i don't even know that was a night yeah yeah and like those were some people who like i didn't think that they were going to resonate at all with what we did but like you really can't judge anyone with like like you can't judge a book by its cover you know some people really dig your stuff who you don't think would and some people who you're like oh this person's probably gonna like us they're like your stuff is horrible you know yeah yeah posers (laughs) yeah and i just mean that there's a difference between you know if you play you know a a venue that's where you're talking earlier about what's appropriate right like there's places where you can play where whether or not people like you there your music is appropriate for the place Mm -hmm. and then i'm just talking about when you go outside of that obviously can go terribly wrong and then sometimes i mean i'm just thinking of times when and again like when I play with like a string group or something, it's like cello and viola and upright bass, mm-hmm. and we're playing in some bar where it's it's like sort of the inverse of what you're talking about. Like yeah, you guys playing in a coffee shop, where like this is a place where loud bands play, and then 
sometimes it's awful because you know we get drowned out and we can't hear each other or yeah. whatever and then sometimes people are like what in the fuck like yeah there's a string trio playing in this fucking loud ass bar which is and then awesome every now and again you know like somebody gets they're i say they're mind blown but i mean just there's something about doing the inappropriate thing that also can set you up for someone to be like really surprised and and there's obviously there's unpleasant surprises and there's pleasant surprises i think if you like good music then you'll appreciate good music no matter what it is and like sometimes having a great contrast yeah is better than having like literally like you know six death metal acts or six hip-hop acts or six pop punk bands or whatever right like we played with this band copy in a in a Asheville yeah in Asheville a couple weeks ago and I think they're they're kind of like this like quieter string group that's like a little more long form and drawn out but like it kind of really worked where it was like they were yeah. kind of like one kind of thing and then we played and it was a different kind of thing and like yeah. if I went to go see like you know some like doom metal band at the Orange Peel or whatever in Asheville and they were opening like that would make more sense than like another doom metal band you know right. Right. like or whatever it might be like I just I, I feel like when that happens and, it's, and it works it's great yeah totally but I guess most people I don't know if most people don't feel that way or most people just don't think about it in general and it doesn't happen enough because that's like not the common logic of promoters and people who put together bills yeah and some people are really into one thing right there's definitely folks who they like pop punk and they'll book five pop punk bands and that's that's the bill because that's mm-hmm. what they want to hear and the people that come out that's what they want to hear that's fine but it's it's funny I do kind of like I think I've said this before in this show about how sometimes in small towns there's just not enough bands to have bills like that where you sort of have to have eclectic bills because um, there's really only like one hardcore band in that town and there's yeah. really only like one experimental act and there's like that's oh I'm the I'm the solo looper guy that's my yeah. thing <laughs> and so I'm, gonna, I'm definitely looper. gonna play with the punk bands and the hip hop bands and whoever else exists here because there's like ten bands in the whole town and right. <laughs> we don't have scenes so we just we just all have to play together and you get a better picture of the whole town too which yeah. is cool like, yeah I feel like even though like these aren't the smallest towns or cities but like the quad cities um, they have like they're I'm just thinking about like really awesome eclectic like bills they're every show we played there has been amazing and there's always been like you know, a hip hop act and like hardcore and punk and whatever and it's just it's just cool when, when scenes I don't even know if it has to do with like they have one of this and one of that, but like when scenes are super just supportive and like mm-hmm. all their bands like all their acts and bands like all just come out and dig one another and their scene is like larger than the idea of genre. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think the quad cities are kind of an outlier. You you played there, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, people are just very intentional about what they do, and every show is always like, it's like if it's a bunch of bands and it's a bunch of like different interesting complimentary bands. And like, I don't know. That's right. I haven't had that experience there. I mean, I really? I love the Quad Cities, but we should uh, hook you up with our people. Yeah. Well, I usually play Roz Talks, mm-hmm. um, in Rock Island, and I've I love that place. It's a fantastic place. But sometimes when I've played there, it's it's definitely more like what I was talking about, where people try to like, okay, who's the guy who could play with 
CJ and it has to be mm-hmm. like some other sort of like somewhat ambient it doesn't always happen that way but I yeah. know the last time I was there that was that was the vibe was somebody was like trying to come up with what matched mm. what I was doing mm. the most um, and it was cool it was good but uh, but yeah I don't think I've played as many eclectic shows there I'm trying to think though I almost always play there um, I played one place I'm blanking on the name now but I remember oh. playing one place it was actually a pizza joint it was like a bigger it was like a bigger place where they had a room just for music as well and it was cool and that that was a bit more eclectic but it was also weird because the other band I think they were like the house band I think they were just like they played there once a week or once a month or something and did a lot of covers and there was like oh and there's gonna be this experimental solo bassist dude playing before us tonight that's cool and everyone was super nice and everything but uh but yeah, I think um, actually it's funny because you know as as one road down to others, um, the the country, the world, it's so big. Like you still, there's still places I'm sure that you guys have played that I haven't played, and vice versa. And like even being on the road for a decade, you know, it's like Pierre, South Dakota. I haven't played in Pierre. I don't think I've played in Pierre. Um, it's so, worth it. You should go. Okay, I want to check out this cowboy bar. Cowboy Gay Bar. Cowboy Gay Bar is a thing. That's in, a thing, yeah. In, uh, I've seen it in Houston, at least, where very intentional mixing of those two, of those two awesome. things. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm going to play the Cowboy Gay Bar in Houston. There was a couple rainbows. Like, it was subtle, but it was like, okay, like, I think the thing is, like, in some places where it's, like, real out of the way, like, you can't be, like, super overt about it. Right. I think. And I think that was the kind of deal. I think it was more like you won't get hassled right like you won't get harassed you can like be yourself at that bar right which is like the closest you can get in some places which you know sucks you know we're not no one's no one's a fan of but you know that has if that's the best you get then that's you know that's the space that was a funny show too because we had like there were some bros who walked by like hardcore bros and they stopped and they looked and they like backtracked and walked into the bar and watched us but we're like kind of embarrassed that they were enjoying it and they like kept like watching and then like looking at their friends like should we be into this but their friends kind of were but kind of were but they stayed anyway and they they're like they're like i don't know she has hairy armpits this is it's pretty weird <laughs> but they were definitely there the whole time and they were definitely like at least amused they're, it was weird that was funny plus there were like probably like like the the woman who brought us to town who was like oh come play in this town like her and her like 15 friends who were like the weird kids in town. Like, yeah. They were, like, okay. they were rocking out. Like, they were having fun. <laughs> Wait. The, That's one of my... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Like, the spots where there's, like, the 20 to 50, like, weird people. Yeah. Like, and they come out for, like, that's, like, their spot. Their space is, like, when there's a weird show or, like, whatever happening. Like, that's definitely one of my favorite, like, touring things where there's just, like, this little clutch of like creative weirdo yeah kids and wherever it might be yeah definitely and, and they always know growing up and moving of course but right <laughs> usually but i mean it's fun when someone when you said that that makes me think of like yeah Roz talks is that kind of place in rock island and um there's a place called lang lab in south bend indiana that i just played kind of recently that is very much that where where somebody who's from there moved away and then came back and was like, no, 
I'm gonna do a cool thing for the weirdos and like the mm-hmm. art, art folks in this town. Yeah, he needs it and like is doing that work. It's amazing. Like Murray, Kentucky has a really oh, good. I haven't been in Murray in a little while. Yeah, the record store, at Terrapin, Terrapin, Terrapin Station. Um, man, I'm trying to remember. It's been a lot of years since I played there, but I played at least one house show and a couple other shows. But I don't think it was Terrapin Station. Um, That's a cool there spot. There was a band called Coffee and Tea. Ooh. What kind of music? I don't think they're around anymore. They're definitely not around anymore. Um, it was sort of like... Um, pretty, I don't know, it's like, it was like pretty, like, piano, sort of keyboard-oriented, like, instrumental, like, somewhere between pop and rock, but, like, really, really, like, concise, like, short, like, well-composed songs. Um, I know that the main dude from that band moved to Louisville, so I don't, I don't think that band's around. I think he's doing other stuff now. Um. Is it really to name the Quail Bones people? I don't know that one. Okay. But, yeah, Murray, Kentucky is one of those. Uh, although I had, I had a, I had a worse show after that. Really? I'm trying to, I don't remember the name of the bar, but it was a situation where there was like a, they didn't have a stage or anything, it was just sort of this corner. And that, that same band with Lauren, uh, I think we were just called the C.J. Boyd Sextet at the time. Yeah. Um, we were playing this little, you know, there were think three of us doing this like semi not acoustic but pretty quiet improv thing and it was just a loud bar and we just we got there and it's like okay you can set up in this corner of this loud bar and but it's a very large place and people were coming and going a lot and mostly ignoring us mm-hmm. and we it was fine it wasn't the worst initially it was sort of just like okay this is the kind of thing where we're we're gonna get ignored it's going to be kind of a bummer, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but then the thing that made it really intense was then there was, there was this dual birthday party happening. There was like a room that was right next to us. So it was a separate room, but there was like the only way to close it. There were these like sliding doors and the doors were all open, like very large, like basically the whole wall could like be right. removed and it was removed. And the, the birthday party was from like a frat dude and a sorority woman, like, they were both turning 21. Oh, no. And they <laughs> joint birthday. And they were... And the thing, again, about appropriate, like, they were totally doing the right thing. They were mm. at a bar celebrating their 21st birthday. That's what you do. Mm. Nobody asked for some, like, bass, violin, acoustic guitar trio to come in and play, yep. like, soft, sensitive music, you know? They were just doing their thing. It was just so loud. It was hard to hear each other at all. Yeah. And they were just, they were like, woohoo! Twenty one, man! <laughs> gonna be drunk for the rest of this decade. Yeah, it's gonna be Then awesome. I'm gonna quit. Right. And so, like, they weren't in the wrong. They were, they were doing their thing. It was just rough. And then we kind of played, feeling like we were playing to nobody. And then it was that, that kind of thing where, like, you play a set and there's a break and then you play again for some reason. Uh... <laughs> But then during the break, I was bummed out, but I was sort of like, yeah, it is what it is. And then I was talking to the manager, and I, I saw that there was a partition that could be placed between that wall, between that room and us. And I was like, well, they're not really listening to us, and they're making it really hard for us. Could we just put that partition up? 
And the manager said, like, well, those people all paid five bucks to get in here, and it includes, like, live music. So, and I, and I was like, okay, well, you know, like, this means we're actually going to get paid decent at this show. There's a bunch of people here. And if everyone here paid five bucks, we're actually going to be stoked financially. It's going to be mm-hmm. a shitty show, but we'll get, we'll get, you know, some money. So I was like, okay, well, just suck it up, I guess. And then I realized there were a group of people who were sitting in the back who were actually there to see the show, but just the way the place was arranged, they didn't, there wasn't a place for them to sit up close. Like, we were sort of far away from the tables and stuff. So it all switched when I realized that there were, like, again, just maybe, like, seven or eight people, some of whom had driven from Paducah to see us. And we're like, oh, these are people. Like, can you just move your chairs and just come up to us, you know? And that's what we did. Like, they they formed a little semicircle, and then it felt fine. It was like, cool, now we're just going to block out what's going on in the other room. Oh, and then, I forgot, then the owner of the place came up and was like, hey, do you want me to shut that? that room off and I was like yeah that'd be amazing I thought we couldn't do that she's like no it's fine you guys are great we'll just do that and so they shut the door and then I was like okay this is this just went from being shitty to awesome like you can still hear it but it's in the background now mm-hmm. we've got our little crew of people who are stoked and so we'll just play to them and then the birthday boy who apparently was into the music came out uh to watch us too was way drunk <laughs> and started like yelling shit at us again as a fan yeah but it was super annoying mm-hmm. and there was a point where I did stop and ask him to be quiet uh, and then he got super defensive was there a fight? there was no fight uh, it was one of the few times like you know how sometimes you you have an like interaction with somebody and then later you're like, oh, you know what I should have said? That would have been awesome. This is like one of the few times when I actually thought of the thing that I wanted to say right there in the moment and didn't have to say it would be better later. What did you say? He said he was like, dude, I paid five bucks to get in here. I was like, yeah, five bucks doesn't buy you an asshole pass. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, and he got... He got sad and just like went back to his party, which was fine. That's that's where he needed to be. He was way too drunk to to be a quiet listener at that moment. He was like, "Woo, play some skittered!" And like oh my god, no! Thing. Yeah, which happy is birthday. Never, Welcome never to the real funny, world. But it's a thing that people like to say. Nobody's gonna play Freebird. Yeah. He he. Uh, I mean, I was talking about this, this people recently, but how I feel like sometimes people learn about music from watching movies about music, and they're like, oh yeah, you put up a lighter during the quiet part of a song, or you yell free bird, and that's funny, because I think it was in a movie one time. I don't know where people get this shit, but it's weird. You know one thing that used to happen more at shows, and some people are like, oh, this one thinks we're dangerous, but like, actually I'm kind of stoked that there's, in general less physical violence Okay, it shows because that used to be more of a thing a long time ago Okay, I think that's gotten better in general maybe on the advent of the like cell phone recorder you know people don't want to oh. that and I feel like past a certain it. point people like like that weird Chris Rock joke from the 90s where he's like I'd bust a cap in your ass but I have to take out a second mortgage about the 
Oh, the, the if they make bullets really expensive, yeah. like I feel like the same thing applies to like health insurance and like medical costs. You get older, like if you get like <laughs> the fuck beat out of you, then it's gonna cost you like thousands of dollars to like deal with that medically. If you get like, like dumb shit, like a friend of mine, for example, got in a fight where he like somehow they ended up on ice and the dude hit him and he spun around and like hit his head and like basically had to relearn how to like talk. Yeah. For a couple, couple years, where it was just shit like that, where it's like, oh, this is a terrible idea. Like, this macho bullshit is an yeah. awful fucking idea. Like, so eventually it becomes, like, too expensive, you know? Except that it's the difference for the Chris Rock bit, it's expensive for the person who wants to do the harming. And in this case, it's expensive for the person who gets harmed. I wonder if people are that considerate. I mean, in that explicit case, I believe that dude who did the harming ended up being financially liable oh, I see. Mm-hmm. as well. Oh, right, right. So in addition to my friend, he was like completely fucked up and like had to, you know, got his life up ended. like that dude, like will spend the rest of his natural life making, making restitution. Right. To, you know. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess if you get in a fight, you don't know how it's going to go. Like it might be you who gets the shit beat out of you even if you had fully hoped it would be the other person. Right. <laughs> it also might just be an age thing. We're just like, if you're around teenagers, they fight more and like, Adults in general don't get as in as many you know random fist fights like. But but I think you're right too though that there's this this whole idea of like safe space and like that I don't remember that being a thing when I was a teenager. That yeah. There, I mean, again, maybe there wasn't some places, but not not where I was growing up. Um, and yeah, you got in a mosh pit, and you might you might get stomped, and that was just kind of <laughs> how, how it went. And not necessarily even, like, people deliberately trying to harm you, but there was also just the, like, you, there was a pit, you got in it, and then there might just be fists flying and elbows flying, and you could just get knocked out just because you were in it, Uh, which I was into in high school. I was, I would go, I would go, that was, like, dangerous and fun, but uh, to a point. I loved it, but it was always, like... There's a way it could be like this self-contained entity that everyone could sort of back away from. Yeah. Like, is there? There was a point where it transitioned. I think it has to do with how much bigger. How how it depends on if everybody knows each other. It depends on how many people there. Yeah. And it depends if people have a responsibility to help them out or not punch them in the face who doesn't want to be punched in the face. Right. Like, if it's sort of like a little thing where everybody's fighting and having fun and not hurting anybody, it's great. Like, it's a consensual yeah. arrangement. Everybody's having a good time. That's fine. Like, but then when like. People start just like kicking random people in the face for no reason. And it's right. like, you know, that's. But yeah, I think what you're saying is was the same for me, where generally, like, my little hometown, Santa Maria, California, the shows that my friends, they weren't even shows, they were just like, there was a, there was an outdoor coffee, um, what do you call that? Kiosk that, that had a patio where we could do shows like once a month or something when I was in high school in a place called Java Joe's and those shows everybody knew it was a bunch of us high school kids we all knew each other we didn't know anything about touring or anything professional wise as far as bands we just it was like my band's gonna play and Brett's band's gonna play and Brian's band's gonna play sweet and then uh, yeah those there would be like fun moshing where we're all just kind of like trying to do the like become become one sort of big ugly machine that's like having big moving fun. blob yeah and that was just fun but then in again San Luis Obispo 20 minutes away when like 
Pennywise would come through or I'm trying to remember bands I saw Unwritten Law <laughs> the punk bands that I was into in you know 1994 or something those bands you, you know then it was like okay I'm here with my friends but there's a bunch of people here I don't know and there would there would often be like some skinhead motherfucker yeah. just like going around you know swinging his fists trying to trying to punch random folks yeah. um yeah, I think that the there's more resistance to that now. Like, I mean, it took bands like Fugazi and and you know bigger bands going like, "Fuck you! What are you doing? Don't walk around punching people. You think that's okay?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and actually condemning it and having that culture of like, it's one thing to mosh and like everyone's having fun. It's another thing to go around like trying to hurt people. Yeah, um, and if you're playing a bar big enough show and you know that you can't control it, then I guess. It just becomes a certain level where, like, like the crowd is too big to sort of have autonomy reports itself, and it, you know, gets weird. Yeah. Even beyond mosh pits, though, there was stuff like, like, like I've been physically attacked on stage because people just didn't like my band, like weird shit like that. Oh. Where like, there was a band I used to play in that played in West Virginia, like, over ten years ago, and like. This guy literally, he was heckling us, and the singer was kind of heckling back. And I think, like, there were some elements of, like, he was, like, saying something, like, calling us gay or something. We're like, so do we are. You want to, you know, whatever. Like, fuck you, dude. And, like, he came on stage with a broken bottle, like, trying to stab our fucking guitar player. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, but we tackled him and beat the shit. I mean, he beat blown. We were also antagonists. Like, we beat the fuck out of him. But, I mean, like, it was, yeah. like, the weirdest part of that story is that, like, he got kicked out. And then somehow he got let back in. And after the show, he came up to all of us and he's like, hey, man, hey, I'm, it's rock and roll. You know how it goes, man. Hey, I used to be the bass player. <laughs> and he told every one of us that he was a different member of the band, Dope. Which, like, he, I think someone at some point was like, hey, he's in the band for, like, a minute or something. But it's just, like, this weird, like, not apology. Just like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, you know how it is. Like, I'm not, you know. Rock and roll happens. I was, I was in a band called Dope. <laughs> Sometimes you stab a motherfucker just because yeah. it's rock and roll. And then they die, and then you go yeah. to the next city. Rock and I'm roll. Sorry, man. rock and roll. <laughs> Oops. I wish that was an excuse for every bullshit thing I could do. Right? Rock and roll, man. Sorry, rock and, rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, no. I didn't I didn't pay for any of this stuff from the store. I just, you know, rock and roll. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. <laughs> Walmart, rock and roll. You know how it is. That's crazy. But, like, shit like that. I think at this point, people just sort of, like let it fly you know like there's like well whatever i don't like this i don't know man i think this is probably regionally specific but uh because i can think of well okay i can't i can't think of a time i've been physically attacked on stage but i feel like i i have heard stories actually yeah i was just uh doing this podcast um my buddy red hunter uh he he wasn't physically attacked, but he was threatened with a knife from a sound guy. Whoa. What? Over the issue of there being a dispute about who was playing first. What? That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean. Pissed listen, off sound listen, guy. It was Sounds like a horror thing. movie. Yeah. He just. I'll, I almost feel like I shouldn't tell the whole story because it's on this show. It's already on the show. But, uh, but yeah, basically, he, it was a totally civil 
disagreement between him and the other band. There was dis- there was just confusion about who was opening and who was closing. There were only two bands, and they were discussing it. There was like he thought he was playing last. They thought they were playing last or something, you know. And they were just like, okay, well, shit, let's see. How do we figure this out? And then the guy shows up with a knife. Oh and is like, my god! Is there a problem here? <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, okay, they're is, going first. It's like, uh, no, no, there is no problem here. That didn't happen to me in Louisiana, did it? Um, oh, I don't remember where he was. But I heard some similar story about something like that, except it was a gun. Okay. And it was in like somewhere in Louisiana where it was like totally just like they just need to show us that you voted for Trump, that you need to whip this thing out, like calm down, dude. Like it was super weird. Oh wow. Because it's usually like the Trumpiest of the Trumpy who are just like, what the fuck, I got my gun, you know? Like, yeah. Totally. Look here. Yeah. Actually, here in, here in good old Ohio, uh, this happened to my some friends of mine just a few, uh, not super recently, but within the last 10 years for sure, uh, where they showed up to, my friend Amanda was booking shows in Cleveland, and she was living with this guy who was just a, I guess he was a gun nut and totally not somebody you'd peg as a gun nut, like lives in a punk house. Like, you know, definitely not the classic conservative sort of, you know, NRA dickhead. But, um, it was a kind of situation where they just, they had played a show and she had to go home and I think her phone died or something. And they got to her house and the door was locked and they were calling her and she wasn't answering. And they're like, we're supposed to stay here, like, but uh, what do we do? And she she's on the second floor, and so she they were knocking a little bit, but they were like, oh, I don't know, she's gonna hear us. And then one of the guys from the band like went around to a window where like the light was on, and tried to just like, hey hey we're we're out here, can you let us in? And the guy answered the door with a gun, like put it in my friend's face. And was like, this is not a neighbor you want to. This is not a neighborhood you want to be going around knocking on windows. And we're like, fucking, chill out. We are supposed to stay here. And it ended up being fine. You know, it was like, okay, let him in. But the guy was just a dick, and liked to flash his piece whenever possible, I guess. Uh, but this is probably like within the last, you know, six or seven years, probably. Just like overreacting, but like I'm not. Like, that's a very complicated subject that's not really worth going into in detail, but it's, like, it's one that, like, part of the issue is if you're going to, like, bring it out, you know, do that sort of shit, like, theatrically to sort of, sure. like, like, I mean, to be, bl- like, I remember walking here one day, and there's, like, a row of apartments that are, like, right on the sidewalk, and I like, stopped to, like, fucking tie my shoe, and this dude came out with a fucking gun and was like, get out of fuck my fucking house. I'm like... <laughs> I'm trying to tie my shoe. Holy shit. Like, it's insane. It's just like, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, man. Like, comes out with a fucking gun, and it's like, yeah. It's fucking weird. It's fucking weird. Weird like, times. Yeah, I think the whole, the era we're in now definitely, like, like, I grew up in Kentucky, and, like, I, I mean, like, I look like this now, but I didn't look like this until I was, like, 25 or 26, like. I was very thin, and if I didn't talk, people thought I was a girl. And, like, I remember, like, every day in, like, the 90s and early 2000s, just, like, fucking big gulps getting hurled from windows and, like, F-bombs everywhere. Like, just crazy shit. Like, to the point that it's, like, I was used to getting in fights with rednecks. Like, that was just a thing that happened. Right. right. Or, more to the point, getting beat up by rednecks. I'm not very good at fighting still. But, uh, 
That's definitely come back in the era we're in now. I've noticed where yeah. there's like, you'll see like random trucks driving around like yelling shit at people and like right in, even in like mid-sized towns and like you know that sucks. Yeah, I mean, just statistically, hate crimes have gone up as far as for people of color and gay and trans folks. Yep, it's um, fucked. In the last couple of years. If I was rich, I'd go around and fucking poke out their tires and beat the fuck out of them. And then sue them. And then, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. All the plans we have for when we all get rich. Yeah, right. <laughs> When this band blows when, up, we're gonna beat up some rednecks. When our alternative string projects make it, <laughs> kill bigots, then sue their parents for birthing them. Yeah, seriously. I didn't say that. Sorry, FBI. Oh my gosh, it's like the second time you said that on a program. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Remember? I have, a, I have a bad mouth. Someone yeah. asked what we would go to jail for, and Daisy's like. <laughs> Killing people, like killing politics. Like, what do you say? Like, you can't say it again. Like, I can't say it again. I can't worse. say it again. You can just think about it. Internet. I said it in a roundabout way, but it still was afterwards. I was like, I probably shouldn't have said that. And then Long went to jail. That's oh. okay. Whatever. <laughs> we have a lot of inside jokes and, and, and band memes in our band. And one of them is Kate saying, "That's okay about things that would actually be horrible." <laughs> everything's <laughs> like that meme fine. of the dog in the in the in the room that's on oh, fire. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's like, Kate. It's fine. Everything whatever. is fine everything is until fine. you're dead, and then maybe it's fine too. You know, yeah. who's to say? I mean, it's yeah, not I'm the fine. opposite. I'm like nothing I'm like is... ever. The sky is falling at everything. Kate's like, it's fine. We're it's gonna be fucking okay. God. I'm like, it's never okay. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. It's fine. That's our band personality. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be fine. It's fine. It's a constant debate. Because it is fine. I mean, even if it's not fine, it's like, what are you going to do? We'll take all these shows. I mean, we all live them and now it's funny. You know, right. like we didn't die. I was going to say, this is this is the theme of the show, for sure. I think, like, like... It's fine. It's also not fine. But it's fine. It's fine. I, mean, like, <laughs> I got attacked by a dog while loading an amp, like, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, you got bit <laughs> really bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. You got bit really bad? Yeah, it sucked. I wasn't super bad, but it was, like, bad enough that, like... I spent time disinfecting it and being like, oh my god. Like, Where is the hydrogen peroxide? Where yeah. is this at? I'd rather not say because the people were really nice. The people were really Fuck nice. it. That place isn't around anymore. It was in Statesboro, Georgia. It was there it was the house was cool. Like, we had a really good time. Like this is nothing against the people. I don't even think the dog belonged to the person who like owned the house or something. It was an show. angry dog. Yeah, and it was like it's a, like dog's, a bad the day. dog's doing his job. The dog's trying to protect shit, but the dog like fucking like straight like, bit me in the side really bad. It was, like, it was the dog's worst show ever. Yeah. <laughs> and also it's like one of those things where it's like you don't want to like like if you're like report a dog or like go get a test or something that worked a dog and then they try and kill the dog and it's just like, man, I don't I don't think that was the deal. Like I think the dog was just being a dick and like dog was having a bad day. The dog was like, I'm killed. not in the mood for music tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Don't come in here. This has happened too many times at this house. But that's it. Ultimately, Putting my foot down. It was funny. Like it was after an hour, it was funny. Then, it was, yeah. then it was funny. But at first, I was like, "Oh my fucking god!" Loading in an amp, and I'm getting attacked by dogs. <laughs> yeah. And I, that one's funny because there's so many times when that's the fear and it's unfounded. There's times when like the dog is barking, and you're like, "Probably it's fine." Yeah. Like probably the dog's just gonna bark and not actually attack me. You know, I mean, I can't think of how many times I've. I show up at someone's house, I'm staying there, I'm playing there, or whatever, and 
and the dog gives a little growl, like, I don't know this guy. Who's this guy? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, give it some time, and then, you know, you put your hand out, and then the dog's like, oh, you like to pet me? That's fun. Yeah. And it's fine. But then every now and again, like, you don't know. You put your hand out, the dog's like, <laughs> fuck you! And the dog's... <laughs> right. Well, and then all of a sudden, you don't have a hand. You have to cancel the show. Get someone bummer. back on. It'd be a serious bummer for me. It'd be the worst show ever. That could probably be the worst show ever. If I lost a hand. Yeah. At a house show. Oh, oh. Did you ever lose a hand? At a house show. No, I just was. I just remembered a worst show ever. Okay. That's it, what this show's about. I just like really. This was probably the worst <laughs> show ever. I like. I was playing at Subterranean a hundred years ago. I was playing backup cello in a band. That's here in town. No, I, it was the band was based out of Chicago. Oh, yeah, but I, I know that place. Yeah, I was from Wicker Park. Yeah, the, it was a Chicago band, but we, we were all located in different spots because we were an undergrad, we were in college or whatever. Okay, and we would always just go out on the weekends to Chicago play shows and then go back to wherever we were. But anyway, we like, I'm underage, and like really pretty like straight laced and like I'm not trying to do anything like wrong or whatever. But anyway, so we or that it could get anyone into trouble. Anyway, we played Subterranean. It was great. And after our set, the, the cellist from another band came up and was like, hey, that was a great set. It's like, oh, thanks, man. Like, thank you. She's like, I remember when I was your age. And she winks and she hands me a beer. And like, we're in like this Chicago bar and like, I look around, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for having this beer. Like, so I'm like, I look at my friend, Brian, I'm like, do we, do we drink it? Like, what do we do? Like, where, where should I put it? And before I even got to take a sip, this like big bouncer dude grabs my wrist, holds it up to the light it flashes and shows the X on my hand. And he's like, you're coming with me. And so he like throws me down the stairs of subterranean, like Whoa. down the freaking stairs. And like, my skinny bandmate, like, 19-year-old bandmates, like, running after me, like, what are you doing? Don't throw her down the stairs. And then I get thrown out onto the side of Subtees, like, and it's, like, dead of winter. And I just, like, hang out in the freezing cold on the side of the road for, like, two hours while the show is finishing up. And then we, like, drive back to the suburbs where we're staying. And I was like, well, at least I have this Laffy Taffy someone gave me to make the night better. And I took a bite into the Laffy Taffy, and my back molar split in two, literally. <laughs> and, like, and I was like, this you is a really bad day. Like, Yeah, and then I, I didn't have money, and I still had to go to the dentist and get the tooth like, kind of glued back together. That tooth is still messed up. But like... Did you instantly cry or did you cry later? Oh, I think I was like, I was fucking like 19 or 18. So that was years, years of tears, you know, like where you're like, I'm emotional. <laughs> so like, I like sobbed the whole night, like, like you're in an emo movie, like down and it was snowing. I'm like silently sobbing in the Chicago streets. So you just hung out outside? Yeah. Like no one kept me company. I just was down there like with an X on my hand, like. But like you're in the middle of. Because Subterranean it's like right near the crotch in, yeah, in Wicker Park. Right? Yeah, it was like, like you didn't like go to a coffee shop or a restaurant or something. I didn't. Like... I didn't think that hard. I was like, I was like, I'm in trouble. You know, that's really true. I should have just gone to a coffee shop. I mean, I'm just there's like there's that I don't know. There's a bunch of places around there. That you know, are... I don't think I had a cell phone. Right. That was 2007. Okay. I don't think I had a cell phone, yeah. and. I, 
I didn't want to lose my bandmates. They sure. were all upstairs. Oh, and they didn't come outside. No, because, like, if you were a minor playing at sub-tees at that time, like, they were really weird about you going in and out. Oh. So, I don't know. I really probably should have just been, like, to the bouncer, like, hey, I'm not allowed to come in, but tell my bandmates I'm at the Starbucks down the street. Right. But I didn't think that hard. Instead, I just enjoyed dramatically sobbing outside of the subterranean. In the snow. In the snow. That was That's really bad. Emo. I don't That's know. It was the really e- <laughs> most emo show ever. And then just biting my tooth and cracking oh, it into is like, fuck this. Like, the one piece of joy in my life is this Laffy Taffy. It's even a good flavor of Laffy Taffy and then a tooth breaks in two. A good flavor, like not banana. Not banana. Yeah. It was not flavor. banana. The best flavor really is not banana. I don't know. That was a bad good. show. That was bad. Speaking yeah. of grievously bodily harm, I just remember the actual worst show I've ever played. It was what actually was it? the first show I'm going to tell you. Are you ready? Yeah. I didn't cry, though. Oh, you are you tough. Are you tough? I cried pretty bad. I passed out, though, so that's even worse. Um, this is the first show I've ever booked through MySpace ever. Okay. In Hopkinsville, Kentucky, yeah, at a roller rink, sweet. In the, the like the Blood Brothers era in like two thousand five, the show was like fine, like whatever. But all the power was ran through like one cable to the middle of the roller rink where we were playing. Okay, and so there there was like a you know extension cord into like a power like a multi prong power out like into another one into another one for all the amps and everything. And I had like a terrible elderly like ungrounded like bullshit custom amp or something like that and I got super shocked like fucking electrocuted okay. like sort of finished the show then kind of like blanked out and kind of like at some point was like I need to go to the hospital I don't remember you playing guitar I played bass in this band okay but um, kind of like there's a hazy stuff but like went to the hospital they're like you're fine you got shocked you're fucked up you know they were real assholes I remember that they were like not very nice at all but uh okay so I've been electrocuted. They let me out of the hospital. We go to the place we're supposed to stay. It's like without exaggeration, like 105 at night. Like it was disgusting. Right. There is the most like absurd teenage like house party. Like parents are out of town situation going on. Okay. Trying to find anywhere to sleep. Literally every light in the house is on. Every room is filled with like drunk 15 year olds. So I go to the backyard. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try and sleep because... This is the worst day I got electrocuted. Went to the hospital, whatever. Lay down under a tree, kind of in darkness. I'm like, all right, everything's cool, whatever. Start going to sleep. This teenage couple comes out of the fucking party, like in like lay down like five feet away from me and start like making out and like they're talking and they start fucking and I'm just like, and it's like at this point I'm like I can't I don't know what to do. like what do I fucking finally I just like I'm like I'm right here y'all like I'm trying to sleep and they freak out and they get real mad I'm like man. That's not on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm trying to fucking sleep, and you all fucking ruined it. I go inside the house. For some reason, like, all the windows are nailed shut. Everybody's smoking like crazy. It's hot. Like, everything's terrible. The lights are on. Like, I don't think I slept at all. Like, it was the worst. And, like, just left at, like, 8 in the morning or something like that. So that was the worst show I've ever played. That was fucking miserable. And everything since then is just sort of like, all right, whatever. Wait, you said you passed out. Oh, from the electrocution. I passed on the electrocution, and I slept for like five minutes in the backyard before I was woken up by, <laughs> by teenagers. By teenagers so. in love. Yes, they were. They were in love. They were in crying. love. They were crying. In love, too. I say. It was. It was important. It was meaningful. They were Romeo crying because they were so in love with each other. They were crying after they realized that they were making out next to another person. They did cry about that too. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> what are you doing next to this tree? And then I cry because they weren't married. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that you have to be married. It's just, it's breaking baby Jesus' heart. Yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, I just, felt bad for, I just felt bad for the baby Jesus person. Single tear every time. <laughs> are you guys even married? <laughs> that would have been a great... <laughs> Um, are you guys even pre-engaged? I don't think you guys are even married. Are you guys going to commit yourselves to each other for the rest of your natural-born life? I mean, you're 15. You I should mean, know again, by now. You're dark. an adult. I don't, I don't know how far it went, but it sounded like it was going further than I wanted to be five feet away for. So yes. I was like, all right, I'm going to bail and try and find So that, wait, sleep. and how old were you? 20. Oh, 21. God. Creepy. That's awkward. That's joke. horrible. Yeah. The whole show was awkward. I mean, the person who set up the show was like 17 or something like that, right. I think. So, I mean, like. It was like not completely inappropriate, but it was like there's a big difference between being like in late college and being in like mid high school, and that show was pretty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a weird thing. I'm sure you guys still have this experience too, though. When you when you tour, there's some places where the whole scene is teenagers. And they're like, "Are you a grad student?" And I'm and like, "I'm 39." And I I roll into some of these places. And I'm like, "I am twice as old as yeah. everyone here." Uh, and it's just gonna get worse because like that scene is gonna stay the same age, and I'm just gonna keep getting older. Right. But uh, but yeah, and then, I mean, it's whatever. I don't I don't really like worry about it a whole lot. But it's it's just like a weird thing about being a musician. If you stay on the road for long enough, you'll you'll end up eclipsing everyone else. Mm-hmm. You'll age, age, much like uh, everyone else. Yeah, you just age, and like lots of other industries. There are people who are of all ages doing it, and that's not the case for touring musicians usually, um, or for that's not even touring. It's for like the people who go to house shows or like the people that go to basement shows or yeah. whatever. Um, Which all ages like, I feel like it doesn't often. It's very rare that it truly means like literal all ages. Right, right. It's either like people who were around the age of 21 and younger or people who are of drinking age of a certain subset of the drinking age. Right. Like, yeah. So yeah, I wish there was a way to kind of mix it up more. But the closest I've seen to stuff like that is like there's a couple like DIY kind of stuff like where it's run by older people who it's a little more like curated. Yeah. And sometimes their kids are involved who are like teenagers and then their friends get involved. Like that yeah. kind of stuff I think is really cool. But yeah, like, I love that. That doesn't happen as much in, in old Ohio, unfortunately. There's a spot in Columbus, Indiana. I don't know if you guys have ever gone through there. I've literally driven through there dozens of times. Um, there's a sweet little scene. It's all high school kids. But there's this guy, Ian, who he's he's like an older guy. And I think his son was a touring musician for a long time, and he's just got that like wanting to wanting to help support like the kids do their thing. So he he doesn't like insert himself in it super heavy. He just kind of brings it together and sort of offers financial support to make it to make it happen. Two super sweet guy, and uh, but like all the bands are in high school. Like I don't I don't think any of the bands that anybody's over like eighteen or. Right. And um, and it's a, it's a blast. Every I played there twice. I'm playing there actually this week, uh, this weekend. Um, after I leave out of Ohio, and and uh, it's like that where it's like one guy who kind of knows 
knows enough about touring to like try to help it shape it in a good way mm-hmm. but then like really hands the reins to a bunch of kids who have the enthusiasm and, and the talent I mean it's also like kind of embarrassing because some of these bands are a million times better than I was in high school <laughs> where like you know there was they this one band did a low cover the mm-hmm. cover of low I didn't know what the fuck low was in yeah. high school you know like and this guy had like a godspeed t-shirt and I mean it's just a different time I guess but it was they, their band this is a band called Dresden they're fucking killer they killed it it was so good then again you can be cursed by how good your band in high school is sure like I know dude like it's sort of like people who are in high school were like super popular and like pretty and like the prom queen or the football king or whatever and like that's that's like the best they get in life you know right you can go both but ways. this is different I feel hopefully like, they don't I mean, hopefully that's they a kind of shallow two situation <laughs> What happened at Home Alone too? I mean, like the dude, Macaulay Culkin. Like that Home Alone was like the first one was this big success, and the second one was all right, and then it just all went downhill. I think he's doing okay now. Maybe he seems like resigned to it though. Like he's like just doing whatever the fuck he wants to do, and he's just like that's fine. I read some very sad tabloids about that person a couple of years ago, but uh, I think Macaulay he's getting Culkin. his life back on track. I thought Is he, he had... in that Velvet Underground yeah. cover band right Pizza now. Yeah, I don't know. He was for a while. I just yeah. remember reading like Cole Culkin. Like, you like how I can't sit still for anyone. Not happy, going through going through heavy stuff. He did yeah. that. Then he started a Velvet Underground cover band. Well, so it can all. Yeah. So it does. It can go up from there. I don't know if it's going up because he also seems like you said resigned. It's like he's going to be the epitome of of a like of a loser now. Like he got famous. I think he's totally the example of what you're talking about. Where. He was famous as a ten-year-old, and it's yeah, not going to get any that? better, yeah. really. Like you were cute, and there's nothing cute about being like a, like a thirty-year-old person. Well, like a thirty-year-old who's just like trying to live up to his fame from twenty years ago. It's right. Yeah. It's a little sad. That sucks. But that said, I'm sure everybody in Columbus, Indiana, will eclipse that, and will be. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's also not like a. I think these bands aren't like. It's not like the prom queen or something where it's kind of shallow thing. Oh no, I'm just being, I'm just being silly. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I want to go play. I want to go play there. I feel I'm, like I'm I've actually heard there. of that band, Dresden. Yeah, are they like? There's not, not there's Dresden Dolls. I know Dresden Dolls. Of something. course, I know Dresden Dolls. I don't know. I I don't know Dresden Dolls that well, but I okay. I love. Them. Okay, I recently played a show in the house where, I forget her name, the the main woman, where she. Oh, Amanda Palmer. Yeah, I played in a show in Boston. Where Amanda Palmer has an apartment, and that was that was weird. We like her her room was like the green room. <laughs> Wait, was she there? No, it was weird. It was like someone else who lives there who puts on shows. It was an amazing place actually. It's called the Cloud Club, and they have they, there's like a three story building. It's like a brownstone, just from the outside, just it looks like a brownstone. Yeah. And then the first floor, like people live on it. And then the second floor is like Amanda Palmer's room, and then the third floor they have this venue. Whoa, and that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. It has nothing to do with Heck yeah, Columbus, Amanda Indiana. Palmer. But uh, I want to play there now because it's like I've driven through Columbus on the way to Bloomington so many times. Yeah, I want to play in Amanda Palmer's house. <laughs> hey, Amanda Palmer. You guys should do both. I'm gonna write you a, a very heartfelt letter about how you've influenced me musically, and just tape it on your door like a creep. There you go. Yeah. 
It's going to be a little tricky a little not bit to be creepy. creepy but, but it's but hard to not be creepy when you're yeah. complimenting people who are famous. <laughs> like, sometimes I get, I like send Ani DeFranco and other musicians messages. Like, yeah. Dear Ani. <laughs> On Facebook or where do you? Yeah, see? and you get like an automatic, automatic response of like, "We are not here right now, nor do we ever." Like she does not actually. Who is read this? Like, hey, Kate, it's Ani. Oh hey. Hey. I don't think I've ever met anybody really famous that I actually gave a shit about. Number one, but number two, it's like I just don't want to talk to them. Like I'm like, what are we gonna talk about? Yeah. Yeah, I've never met. Only famous people I've met were like I waited on some really famous sports people and sportscasters once when I worked at a fancy place, and they specifically gave me that table and didn't tell me who it was because they knew that I a wouldn't care and b wouldn't know any of them because right. everyone else in the restaurant was like, oh, famous sports people, <laughs> and I was just like, hey, what would you like to drink? Like we have this and this, and like, right. don't care about you, just people, whatever. Yeah. I do kind of love when it's people who are famous, but also who I don't necessarily like. I'm trying to, I just remember when I lived in Nashville, I hang out a lot at this, uh, like coffee shop restaurant called Cafe Coco. And there was one and it's Nashville. And like, sometimes there'll be people who are famous, but are really terrible. (laughs) And, uh, Brett Michaels one time was in there. But in Cafe Coco? (laughs) Yeah. That's so weird. (laughs) Have you been to Cafe Coco? Yeah. I think I've. It's like a 20 play there. Yeah. You play yeah. a show there. Yeah. It was actually the first place I played in Nashville, I think, when I lived there. When I moved there first. Um, but he was hanging out with, what's that guy's name? Uh, Jim Caviezel. He's like an actor that played Jesus in the Mel Gibson Jesus movie. Mm-hmm. It was like Brett Michaels and that dude were like hanging out. And I wouldn't have recognized either of them probably, but my friend who worked there was like, hey, dude. Jesus and Brett Michaels are playing, are like hanging out over there. <laughs> and so then, uh, I don't remember if it was my idea or my friend Enoch's idea, but one of us kept putting poison on the juice box. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't remember. It's amazing. It was just like being trolls, being real life trolls. Um, you guys, I think we should wrap it up. I, I just want to say thank you so much for, uh, for this thing. It's fun to talk to you. Thanks for, for having us. Yeah. this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.